common belief is that the one and only boogeyman lives right under your bed. However, this statement could not be further from the truth. In reality, there are actually five boogeymen and they all seem to reign from the south city of Alabang. Basically, Saturday Night is a local five-piece boogie band bridging the gap between bouncy funk and modern electronic. Before the pandemic, this band was igniting the dance floor in both small bars to the biggest stages such as Wonderland. In this episode, I was lucky enough to share some time with face-melting guitarist Junoy Manalo and the Pinoy Sinatra, Mickey Garcia, to talk more about their origin story and what lies ahead for these budding rock stars. I hope you all enjoyed this episode, and don't forget to share it with the homies if you did. So now, let's get grooving with Mickey Garcia and Junoy Manalo. What is poppin' and welcome to the Rocka's Modern Life Show. My name is Rocka, future veterinarian, ex-varsity athlete, and dude who loves to talk about all things hot in PH pop culture. Despite the name, the show ain't about me, but truly about the unique things that my guests bring to the table while also providing some quality kalokohan. So buckle up and let's get rockin'. Sup fam? I just got some really exciting news that I want to share with you all before we start the show. I was just able to partner up with... Shoppy! As in Chris Kina Shoppy. Yer. As in Jose Mero Chan Shoppy. You know it. So now whenever you order using my personalized link, you'll be supporting a broke sad vet student, which is me. Get all of the hottest deals for the lowest prices on Shopee by clicking on the link in my description or in my bio. And I know when you don't click it. Also, Research World Manila, not a sponsored post. Again, I really appreciate the support. So now, let's get into the episode. What's poppin' everyone? Um, what's up boys? Why don't you introduce yourself, your profession, and a guilty pleasure song of yours. Yo, what's up? Um, hi, guys. I'm Mickey G. Um, they call me Mickey G. Uh, Mickey Croon as well. I'm the vocalist of Basically Saturday Night and CEO and co-founder of Jago Delivery Services Incorporated. Hey. Um, guilty pleasure song? Damn. Damn. I like it. Recently, I've been listening to um, Bamboo again. So, so mm. far away. Also, no, I believe I can fly. <laughs> Just on those days. Yeah, days, <laughs> yeah. The morning specifically, when you need that little picky pick me up. <laughs> fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. That's a good choice. Good choice. Junes, go for it, man. Um, what's up? I'm Junoy Manalo. I play guitar for basically Saturday night. Uh, Paul Martin, the Rascals. Um, I'm a guitar instructor. I guess you could say aspiring producer, and guilty pleasure song. Probably passion fruit. Passion like, I'm not the biggest Drake, Drake fan, mm-hmm. but, like, when that song comes on, I'm 100% Drake fan. <laughs> like, like in that moment, I'm like, oh, my God. You yeah. guys leave me to it. Yeah, I would say passion fruit. Yeah, great, great pick, you know. Thank even, you. Thank even you. though it's, like, uh, a basic bitch song, I, like, call me a basic yeah, no, bitch, man. I love it. Yeah. I love it. If that's what it takes, man, all the way. <laughs> Quick thoughts, though. Um, how did you like CLB? Did you listen to CLB? Fuck yeah, man. Migs, go because I, I, I haven't heard it. Migs, I'd like to hear what, what yeah, you I, think I, and rock it. What you think as well, dude? I've been listening to it actually, like uh, nonstop. 
ano kasi it, it, it's good for like working out mm-hmm. or like you know on the way to work I'm just listening to uh, ano, no friends in the industry parang it just right. <laughs> gets you there boom bro. yeah but, yeah interesting so, I, I've been listening to that and Donda also Donda's quite different but mm-hmm. my goodness Donda's like 27 songs like the final yeah, talking it's about it's so long <laughs> hard work man Hard yeah. work for sure, but yeah, yeah, I like Drake's album, man. It's it's a banger, I think. Um, number one song, um, Champagne. What's that? Sorry, uh, I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah. Champagne. The first song on the album was really good, like Champagne Poppy Ata. No, no, no. That's his. That's his username. <laughs> I think that might be his handle. Yeah, that might be his handle. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I actually fucked with um CLB too. But like with Drake, you kind of expect he's gonna come out with bangers. Like he's just so consistent. He always does. Yeah. Like Kite Papano. But person, I like I like the lot of songs too. Um, I like Raise My Mind. Um, the song with um Kid Cudi, I Miss You Too. Mm-hmm. I, 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 Me Too. That was really good too. Um, but personally, I kind of fucked with Donda a little bit more. Just overall production for me was a little bit better. Uh, Drake's a much better rapper in my perspective. Like um, his bars are a lot better. Like Kanye get, can get kind of experimental and weird with his bars, but yeah. in terms of production value, my God, Donda was so good. <laughs> Maybe that has something to do with the fact that like Kanye, because I actually haven't, um, I mean, almost embarrassed to say I haven't heard both, but I'd assume production wise, it's because Kanye is also a producer. And I know that he worked with a producer mm-hmm. um, in, was it Mercedes? Um, stadium, I think. Yeah, he like lived like, there. Like he like, lived there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would just see it on the internet on like Complex. You know, like everybody yeah. follows Complex, right? Of so course. everybody sees the same stuff, at least from Complex. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like it was, they, they would like sneak peek where it's like him and that engineer. And there were even memes about like how he was, he actually kidnapped the engineer and he's trapping them, trapping him there in Mercedes <laughs> Stadium or something like that. Seems like a I just found thing it funny. to do. It's, it would be, right? Uh, who so knows? Funny, though, no? yeah. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of charts, actually, I was just looking this up a couple of days ago. Uh, Kanye is still in the lead um, in terms of total streams and um, downloads. So, I mean, interesting. Like, apparently, there was like a lot of uh, backstory to it. Like, um, they were really waiting on each other to re- release it first. But then the problem with Kanye is like, you never really know that guy. Like, he, like, He's more unpredictable, his, no? Yeah, he's so unpredictable. He keeps his circle super tight. When on the other hand, Drake is kind of like, you know, when I think about Drake, it's actually more of a team. Eh? He's just like the face of the team. But then I know that he has like his own um, writers and his, um, you know, the six, uh, OVO. Right, right. Yeah. He has a yeah. bigger team. Mm-hmm. Kanye That's is just true. all him. And he's more yeah. sporadic in that manner. That's yeah. a good way to put it. He's a very yeah. sporadic character. Yeah. Um, but all right, nice to know that you guys are doing well. I know that you guys are both pretty busy. Junai with his teaching gig, and of course, Miggy with Jago. Which, um, you know, for the listeners that don't know, why don't you give a brief like background on what Jago is? And, um, you know, yeah, share what you oh, got. Yeah. Jago, uh, basically, um, a delivery courier service. No, um, basically, we built an app, and we're still actually in the process of building the app. We're launching on November, so. Stay tuned. Um, we're doing, we actually did a beta testing um, last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe you guys tried it out. So, of course. I want to thank yep. you guys for that also. And, oh, absolutely, yeah, man. You guys should, you guys should um, check it out when it, when it drops. 
So um, we're here to really help out uh, SME businesses as well. Uh, we want to be able to be your um, you know, local delivery partner and assist you with your, you know, your deliveries, sending it out to your clients at a, a great rate, actually, a great price. So, I mean, support local, right? And Absolutely, yeah. man. Amen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So coming soon, man. November, actually. Uh, we're eyeing second week. So if we can do that by then, that'll be excellent. And uh, hope that you guys download the app. Yeah, yeah man. Jago is awesome. Like, because... Um, my sister had a business and she was working very closely with um, Jago for a while. Uh, my sister had a, a business called Snack Ben. Mm, Rest yeah. in peace. Shout out it, to Snack Ben. Like, they sponsored the pod yeah. like once upon a time, like last yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. I, I, was, I was the biggest fan and I would like, but anyway, like um, I just remember that they were, right? You guys were working very, very closely together for, yeah, we for the active. duration that they were, when they were still active. Yeah, we were doing deliveries for them weekly actually. Yeah. And, it was great because, you know, um, we were able to, and they were, we were taking photos of the riders, being able to handle the goods. And yeah, it, it was just really great to help out um, local businesses as well. So thanks for that, man. I'm, I'm glad that uh, Vicky was able to get on that as well. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Dude, like, and that's the goal is to be able to serve and uh, employ and empower the Filipino businesses. Definitely. One, one and- delivery at a time. Yes, sir. Jayco. Ang masahan. <laughs> Let's go. But real talk though, guys, Um, you know, you might be thinking like, why am I going to use Jayco versus like all of these other couriers that, you know, that currently exist. But dude, the riders, like the few times that I use them, you guys have like one of the most nice and genuine riders out there. Like they were so polite and then always messaging me with a smiley face and then giving me updates with my package because uh, I was sending my school documents actually to Los Banos. So Magati to Los Banos was pretty far. And, um, you know, Jago gave a great trait and I forgot the name of the, the rider, but he was so and, chill. I remember that. Uh, yeah. Franz. Kuyo Franz. Shout out, Kai Kuyo Shout Franz. Out. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, um, watch out for Jago guys. And um, why don't we head on to the first question of the show and how I always like to start my pod by asking my guests, what's poppin'? What's poppin'? So, boys, what's poppin'? Good, um, Yeah, well, um, I've been teaching. I've, I've spent the duration of lockdown teaching, actually. It's been really good. I, um, I spoke to Rock a little bit about this off the record earlier. But, yeah, it's, it's really cool being able to get in touch with people that have really, really different goals, like musical goals, and just trying my best to help them. Um, different goals, different age groups. Um, really fulfilling for me and I'd love to see them you know get get the abang one day like you know what I mean <laughs> like they're the ones on like stage some. like yeah look at this look at this I'd love that like this, that's like that would be a little joy for me so teaching has been my thing um, and in terms of uh, consumption I've been um, consuming a lot of like uh, actually I've been studying a lot of like frequency charts I'm working on an EP Mm. So um, just just like getting trying to get better at like music production and stuff. Um, so definitely that. Um, uh, and you just consuming... dropped an EP like a couple of months. I did back. Uh, yeah. about like almost three months ago. But like I am trying to make this one much better. Um, I have told some people that like it was pretty challenging. I was using a 2012 MacBook or maybe even 2011, <laughs> and it was there like there's like. There were so many things I could have changed about uh, this was Dianthism one. Um, 
And there's so many things I could have changed, but there, the two main factors were like, um, one was my limited experience at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and two was like, if I wanted to make a big change, I'd have the rainbow wheel for like, you know, five, 10 ah, minutes fuck. and to try to make <laughs> how many big changes. It got to a point where after a while, you're like, yeah, well, maybe it's not so bad. Like, <laughs> just like, you start compromising with yourself. You start like, you start like, um, after the denial, you start to accept, like, you know, maybe, maybe they'll think it's intentional, whatever, whatever it is. Um, so I hope that this will be a little bit different. I put a little bit more time and more studying into it. So you got a new laptop and computer right, setup. Right. Actually, um, the week of the release, I got a new laptop or a nice. little bit before the release. And the week that it came out, I was already starting on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like, yeah, just kind of working on that and, uh, studying how to improve it a little bit more. So that's what I'm consuming on the serious side. And if I'm just, you know, having fun, I'm consuming a lot of hot ones. Hot you, guys, ones. you guys watch it's great. You guys yeah. watch hot ones. Yeah. Of course, man. I rip off a lot of my stuff from that's hot ones actually. So good. That's what's <laughs> popping for me. Yeah. <laughs> that's great, man. And, uh, for anybody that hasn't like checked out, uh, Quarantism one, please go to Spotify and check it out. It's a banger. Whether you want to party, whether you want to study, I personally use it for studying a lot of the times because it's a, I like know, it's that. a lot more instrumental and you know it keeps that momentum like going as I'm studying. And Thank you, um, I can only expect uh, Quarantism two to be even better now that you have um, a new laptop set up and you know you don't have to deal with that last um, you know the 2012 one like geez bro yeah it was a big ch- it's a big <laughs> yeah. change it's, yeah. a, it's a huge change yeah thank you mas maganda pa yung computer ng DOH bro that's a lot of damage Oof, <laughs> <laughs> true that man true that papa dudes don't don't cancel me please <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Um, Miggy, what's been popping to you, bro? Well, yeah, man. I mean, busy working on the next release of Jago. So that's on November. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, also, uh, writing some new material for the band as well. And um, I've been seeing June's. Uh, uh, which is great. Which is great, man. Because yeah. that's how, I mean, we started. Uh, we, we just come over and jam. And we, we're doing the same thing again. And it feels great to get back on that, um, that you know, that vibe, man. Like, so we've been coming out with some songs and we're really excited to, you know, for, for the public to hear it as well. Um, I also started dabbling with crypto a little bit. My cousin, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's been, he's really deep in it. And he's a uh, shout out to JV, by the way. And yeah, he- JV. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, I don't know if you guys know Ted Lasso. Oh, that's great. I, mean, I love that show. Shout out to my pretty mama. Yeah, she's, we've been, <laughs> we've been banned at watching it. We finished the whole thing like maybe three days or something. Because it's like 30 minutes an episode, right? So, and it's good yeah. vibes long, dude. Like, I don't know. Juno, have you seen it? Ted Lasso? I haven't. Is this on Netflix or HBO? It's actually Apple TV. Yeah, Apple. Oh, cool. Yeah. So um you Ted, generally Ted need Lasso. A, yeah, Ted Lasso. Ted. Like, Ted Lasso um, stars. Like the teddy bear. Um Got yeah, it. it's super good. It's basically like a quick um plot overview for the listeners also that Maybe. haven't tuned uh checked it out yet. It's this like um football coach, as an American football coach, uh college coach that is from Kentucky. So he's as like country as you can get, you know, very American. And um 
there's this football club, like soccer football, um, in the UK that was kind of having some ownership problems. So I don't, I won't, I won't spoil too much about what's going on. But the the new owner was basically trying to tank the reputation of the team. So what she did was she hired a random ass coach from the US that knows nothing about soccer football, and um, just wanted to fuck shit up. But it turned out that you know. That the coach is a pretty good guy, and I think is he is he Ted Lasso? I hope yeah. that's not a sport. He's Ted Lasso. Yeah, Ooh. the coach's name is Very Ted Lasso. Cool. Yeah, Very but cool. it's really nice. You know, good vibes. It's funny, like yeah. old school sitcom. No, like parang it's yeah. like it has the comedic parts, but it's very wholesome. Also, is it only one season in? Two seasons now. Cool, and it makes you like you know, parang it makes you feel so good inside. Na parang how people are so nice. Like while well, seeing in the in the show, like it would be so nice if the world was that, like like well, like as nice as Ted, no, nice Ted Lasso, just understanding, being able to adapt in certain situations without having to throw fits, you know, just really like being you know wholesome, very nice, very yeah, nice. gives you a little bit of th- those butterflies in your in your tummy, mm. like after those inspiring um stuff. But I I highly recommend it. I think anybody yeah. from like. You don't even need to be a sports fan to enjoy that show. Seriously, yeah. But it's plus points I, if you are. I actually. trust your taste, both of you guys. So <laughs> I'm I'm very down. Yeah. Wow. And you could torrent it. I mean, I'm not going to promote it, yeah, but no, no. I'm also not going to bullshit. I'm, We're in the Philippines. Like, just torrent yeah, no. it. Yeah, <laughs> I actually started downloading it now while you guys were talking about it. <laughs> All right, nice, nice. Get on this shit. <laughs> but yeah, nice to know that you guys are both doing generally okay. Um, it's been a while since I've seen the two of you in person, and too like long. I was too long, mm-hmm. and I was just about to say a while ago off air, but perfect, I could say about it now. Um, like when you guys were about to have a gig in Paula Club mm-hmm. around March 2020, oh, yeah. and oh. I was super looking forward to that because it had you guys and Overdrive, and I love Overdrive yeah. also as a band, and you know it was just gonna be such good vibes and. When that event got canceled, that's when it really sunk in. Like, oh shit, we're in the this pandemic is now. This is, this is, this is for real. real. This is for real now. Yeah. Absolutely. And that was like the weekend where, like right before lockdown, the first lockdown. Yes, it, it was yeah. about like, because I remember so clearly that was March the 6th. And I think mm-hmm. we locked down like uh, less than a week after. Yeah, something like, like that, right? Ninth, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was the weekend right before. And like, it was, it was going to be big. I think there were... I mean, big enough to fill the um, what is that, the ballroom of Ball Club, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think they were targeting something like 700 people. And yeah. the cases just started hitting. And so it, it wouldn't have made sense for an event that of that size mm-hmm. to have still pushed through. But like, I remember I was, you know, I was having lunch and we were going to go sound check in a bit. It was like that close. Like we found out. As, like yeah. I found out as right mix, it was you who messaged. Like we kind of yeah. just found out that day, and we were so like the night before. I think we had two or three rehearsals that week, yeah, dude. just to make sure that we were because you know Overdrive, they're they're you know they've been in the game, they're vets, locked, they're vets. Um, uh, which is very interesting. Um, just a fun fact, um, the, because we off air were talking a little bit about Nicola Sancho, who's. Um, her mom actually sings in Overdrive. Yeah, and then Rocket's cousin. Yeah, yeah my so cousin. like, what? Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So my mom's like second. Is the cousin. world going. <laughs> yep. 
That's why I was so hyped, man. Because I've been listening oh, to Overdrive yeah. ever since I was a kid. And then, you know, Amazing. now that I got older, then you guys were like the main, um, you know, live band that I would check out multiple times. So I'm like, oh my Thank God, you. greatest collab since Endgame. Yeah. And then, <laughs> snap, Thanos snapped his motherfucking fingers. And he did. The he vid did, hit. man. <laughs> like, I thought that was just a movie, man. I am inevitable. Yeah. <laughs> like what the fuck why is it happening in yeah, real life no, and then true. you were so and, naive but like eh, one month one month lang yan. reschedule yeah, no, lang to right. April and then yeah. we thought it was gonna be mild right? yeah. I was excited because Miguel was gonna spin also he yeah. was gonna be like the the after hours kind of like which it was gonna be huge I remember like I haven't been ner- that nervous for a show in a while which is why we prepared in excess for it right? yeah. because the the shows that we had prior, uh, I guess, did not need as much preparation. We had Cebu, though. Cebu was yeah, and there. Wonderland, bro. No, no, no. But, like, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i talking about, like, within that year. Yeah. All right. Like, right. Within, within, within 2020. Because mm-hmm. it, was, it, was, it was a slow start. Uh, uh, first quarter of, of 2020. And we were expecting it to pick up, right? It was just about to. I think that would have been, if I'm not mistaken, our fourth show lang that year. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, how, that's, that's what I mean by like the others did not need that much prep because like we were kind of just starting up again. Like we had one show which was the, it was a fundraiser for Ta'al. So it was mm. like the beginning of that really, really shady year. Yeah. And then we did a show out of town. We had one more, one one more that doesn't come to mind right now. And then Bel- that would have been the, the Ballard we had one. No, that, 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 that one I counted as the out-of-town one, but we had another one, I forget. But yeah, anyway, it, yeah, so that would have been, that would have been amazing. Was yeah, like, it was a bummer because you guys really, like, you guys were really getting the ball rolling. Like, I think, um, you know, I was listening to you guys ever since the, the times you guys would just have sessions in Cloud's house when, like, no one's homies uh, would play. No one's home would play awesome. and then you guys would play too. And then, you know, you guys, like, won the Wander, Wanderfest? I, for, I forgot what the Yeah, the Wander Battle. Wonder battle and yeah. you know after yeah. that event like you guys really just got the ball rolling and it was really exciting because it was like nowhere to go but up but you know you, everybody like got affected by this pandemic and you guys have found Absolutely. ways to pivot throughout it but yeah you guys were getting really big now so it's kind of unfortunate but I mean I also want to know like how did you guys like start your musical career because I mean you know you guys were just I'm pretty sure you guys were just like playing in each other's ha- houses, like um, Miggy was mentioning. That's kind of like how it started, like you and um, Junoy just like hanging out, jamming out together. And then next thing you know, like you're playing in the same event as Overdrive and in Wonderland. So, like for the listeners that don't really know your origin story, how did you guys start your musical career? Not necessarily as a band, but as an individual. Miggy hit me. <laughs> yeah. <All right. laughs> Two times. Bam, bam. Two times. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, well, yeah. I, well, I started way back right, in grade school, actually um, with Faisal. No, so I knew Faisal. Maybe like we well, we grew up together, right? We went to the same school, uh, Southridge, actually. Um, and uh, my dad as well. He would. He would, you know, play guitar. He'd show me some songs from like Simon Garfunkel, my grandpa with the Sinatra, Matt Monroe, and my cousin JR uh, with the OPM and OPM and like other music like uh, Rage Against the Machine. So these guys showed me the music uh, growing up. Um, 
I'll go to, I, I would go to Faisal's house, uh, Faisal's cousin's house, actually, with Faiz. And we'd rehearse there, just the two of us, when we were like grade four or something. And his cousin because had a studio. Like he comes from a family, uh, a musical family. That like his mom sings. Okay. They actually had a band back in the day. So you know, and his cousin had like a studio in his house, and uh, I I would actually be on the guitar. I I remember uh, my dad bought me this this um, black rock star guitar from Laser. Cool. And then, <laughs> yeah, and we would just get on. We would get on that, and we jam in his cousin's Great house. Four. Wow. Yeah. And um, he he came in. Yeah, he, his cousins would watch us jam and cheer us on, actually. And then we, I remember performing in the PQF. So the PQF is like the parents' quarterly forum, right? Okay. And I was actually told by after that performance, like the next day, my classmate told me, like, "Yo, my mom like said to tell you <laughs> to stop yeah. singing and just oh, play You're old, you, you know. So. Okay. That kind of like pushed me to. I was like, I mean, I was young, pa, diba? But I was, I was really hurt, man. I was like, shucks, no, I, I, I really want to get on this. So I stopped singing for a while. Clow actually sang for us. He was our singer for some time. He's I was got playing pipes. the guitar. Yeah, he's got pipes, man. Mm-hmm. And like, I was singing backup lang, but I never really um, stopped singing because I wasn't. I couldn't accept it. I couldn't accept that. Did, did you like treat it as like a chip on your shoulder to kind of improve more? Uh, kinda. I mean, I was, yeah, I, I started getting into like really like Green Day, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. different kind of music. Bang, nilabas ko yung pagka rebellious ewan. Uso din naman na emo days. So yeah, I mean, I just kept at it really. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's where it started. But uh, yeah, moving forward, Juno and I, we met and um, Faisal and I were still like playing together in a band actually. And then Juno joined us and this was Asylum. This was like our screamo. Oh, <laughs> you guys were screamo pala before. Before all of this. You first year high school. <laughs> so like, yeah, I mean, that was first year to maybe what? Second year lang naman, no? June's, I don't know. First year lang siguro. Um, I think up to second year, but go on, go on, go on. Sorry. Yeah. So yun. Tapos, um, I actually did some things with Viva before. Um, performed in some really dingy, um, parang tranny club bar. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there would be like variety shows, and parang I would be one of the performers there. I'd perform with um someone with an upright bass. Cool. And someone with the, the keyboard. And I was like the youngest guy there. And um, yeah, yeah. I remember doing those shows in T-Mog. And, you know, it was it's like an intro to really performing in front of like random, random people. So yeah, yeah. I was singing a lot of like Sinatra stuff already by then. Because my grandpa really had a big influence with my singing. Uh, he showed me this, like I said, no, this kind of music. Uh, which I fell in love with deeply and uh, still keep it till today. Like, I guess uh, if you listen to some of the songs, I still go with a crooning type of sound, like when I sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. There, that's just a little bit about uh, how I started out, man. Yeah. And it's crazy how you went from like screamo all the way to crooning because it's like a totally different <laughs> like set of vocal muscles that you're using. Like, screamo yeah. is like, uh, like, you know, it's screamo, it's pretty, um, like, you know, 
ta- like taxing on the throat. And then meanwhile, like crueling is like, you know, it's a, there's a little bit more flow to it. And, you know, um, it was really cool actually to see some of your stories when you played with like a UP orchestra and then playing some oh, wow, Frank yeah. songs. Dude, that was great, man. Like you got to post more of that stuff if you still got them files. Yeah, um, well, I'm, I'm hoping that I can actually do some some more work with them uh, later on. No? But uh, yeah, that's it's always been a goal is to be able to sing with like a 20-piece jazz band. And I was able to do that in my, my parents' silver anniversary. June, you were there, I, I believe. Yeah, like, no. Wouldn't have missed it for the world. Thank God I didn't. And like... Yeah. Mickey just came up, you know, decked out in suit, fronting, <laughs> fronting, yeah. fronting an orchestra and just... Dapper, yeah, uh, just, as usual. Just, Mickey just did Mickey, you know. <laughs> uh, but what about you, Junes? How did you start your musical career? Um, well, it is very much guitar-oriented. But before I do get into that... Uh, I didn't know that you played because I, I'm seeing a couple of guitars in the back. Are you serious? Bro, it's just for show. Well, <laughs> Actually, it's my brother. Cool guitar, yeah. Uh, um, uh, uh, right. I, I can beatbox. No, but, <laughs> the, um, but yeah, it's my brother that actually... Um, plays the guitar. I actually played the bass uh, for a bit growing up. So um, as a kid, we were both kind of forced to play the violin. And um, my brother, oh, cool. yeah, my brother was the one who was like naturally gifted. It's actually, even my sister's pretty musically gifted. She plays the piano in a man. Um, it was me that always kind of struggled in my own way. And um, I did, you know, I, I was able to get through a couple of uh, Suzuki volume books for the violin. But right. um, that, that's a lot, man. Violin is like supposedly the hardest instrument. Yeah, it was supposedly. tough. It was tough. It yeah, was no, tough. for sure. But yeah, after violin, I kind of transitioned into right. bass. So I was playing a bit of bass, like especially during the Fall Out Boy era, Panic at the cool. Disco, yeah. like playing a lot of bass for that. But um, unfortunately, I stopped. For some, for one reason or another, maybe sports and um, yeah, like you know, high school started like the the workload got a little bit worse. But yeah, I wish I really kept it up because um, you know, bass like that's the thing for me with bass. That's why I guess I haven't been playing as often. It's because unless you're really fucking good, like Arvin, good, it's kind of tough to like create your own music, like be a solo instrument because it's like I mean. I don't know. Personally, I found it kind of difficult to play by myself because it was always like the 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 rhythm lang was not not the rhythm. I don't know. Correct me on my terminology. I know what you mean, though. I know what yeah. you mean. Like it's it's um because it it is more often than not. Although there are players that play it more melodically, but I I understand what you mean. Like it's more of a um it's more often than not used as to serve the rhythm section as opposed yeah. to being a lead me- like melodist or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like more I know of a complimentary, complimentary like instrument. Yeah. So I got kind of bored of that. But like, yeah, I wish I I wish I continued. Like you guys, I mean, just stuck through it. And I mean, look where you guys are today. Never so. too late, man. Yeah, <laughs> Never too late. Facts, facts. Um, but yeah, Junoy, why don't you share a bit of your story of how you turned into a shredding god? Yes. Oh, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> I... Um, it was actually very, very simple. Like I was having my dad and I attended a, a wake one time. I was 12. And after the wake, you know, you have to make a bug bug. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we ate in North Park in like in Bob, like um, 
not a in uh, Makati. Yeah, Makati Ave, yeah. Makati Ave, yeah, North, like North Park. And yeah. literally across, there was this was like midnight. There was a there was a, a seller who would like, and to this day, I don't, probably not the same guy. Maybe, maybe not. But he walks <laughs> around with like five or six of these like handmade guitars. And like they're they're like wood, like they're I mean very very cheap like homemade guitars, and my dad like looked over and he was like, hey, do you, do you want me to buy one? And I was like, yeah. And so we crossed the street, and then he was like, how much? And he was like, oh, one thousand long. Then my dad just like, mahal, like yeah, yeah. Like at that the time, like, 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 because spying, but then super gets like looking back, like man, it must have been hard to make. So that was my guitar for a while, and um, I kind of just um, uh stuck with it like i was one of the because so not long i started at like savior i was studying in savior and and it was normal to, to spend time in the corridors playing playing guitar like guitar is the most common instrument right like mm-hmm. like when you go to school high school like you know one one in like you know six or seven people are have a guitar strap or like it's very very it's a very common instrument so it's like that in savior and even when i went to Isabel, it's a very very common thing so i kind of just stuck to it a little bit um when i around first year as miggy was mentioning i was introduced to miggy um we had a short jam and the chemistry was strong it still is if, if not just stronger now um and and they had a band already which is asylum and i think for one reason or another their guitars had to leave so they um they're like hey come come join us or um that just be our lead player with some other fantastic musicians so it was clark cruz mark enriquez fire on the drums miggy and miggy on the vocals um and and myself and it was really fun it was like um two years before i it, it was a good two years and then i had to leave for new zealand for a bit um, then i started experimenting with other music stuff I, i got really heavy into djing um, while I was in New Zealand, that's when I really started DJing and bought my first like little controller. Mm-hmm. Until now, I still love it so much. Um, I came back and we actually had like a few asylum reunion gigs. Went our own way. Stop. I actually stopped playing for a while because I, I did DJing like full time. Yeah. Not even full time, but like I was I was yeah. doing it um, weekly, um, uh, just to make some money while, while I was in college. Mm-hmm. And then halfway through college, I, I think. I saw, which is really cool because Clark Cruz was in that band in Asylum. I saw him playing in this, this, this um, bar in BF and he was doing Hendrix. He was doing John Mayer. He was doing um, Stevie Ray Vaughan. And I was like, it wasn't even this like, hey, I can do that. It's like, it's like, it's like oh my God, I, I have to learn how to do that. I get it now. But I understand blues. That was the first time I was really like, oh my God, I get it. This was 2015. And then so I just, you know, actually stopped hanging out with people for a little bit because I was like just I have to I have to catch up I have to I have to like learn mm-hmm. um and then I uh I met um Paul Marnie who plays with the Blue Rascals Paul Marnie music so, um, a couple other projects he's my mentor he's you know to this day one of my you know biggest influences as a as a player I so go good. to Roadhouse every Friday I, I um he'd let me sit in every third set um, and just school me every Friday, like no, like no mercy. Like he's he's warm <laughs> as hell. Third set in, I'm there. A couple of drinks in, fingers literally like physically and and like you know literally and figuratively cold, right? And mm-hmm. so I get schooled every every Friday, um, and that's where I really learned. Like it was because I'm failing in front of an audience once a week, 
You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. not even failing by my standards, but like by in general. Like I've had some friends who were like, "Man, you're really hanging on." Like and and <laughs> and you know, I took it. I took it well. Like yeah, it. I like I'd feel bad, but I was like, I need this. I need this. So I'd have him every Friday. I had um a friend Miguel Santiago Tito Jun Jun Castaneda oh, shout out. He was like my jazz mentor. So every every Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on the on the week, I'd meet with them here in Alabang Incognito. So every Tuesday or Wednesday it would be like this jazz training. He'd let me sit in third set every Friday with with Paul, third set. So that's what I was that's what I was kind of like building towards. And then I saw Fi in the gym one time, and he was like. Hey man, we should start jamming again. Like, um, you know, it's been so long. I just started drumming again because he was drumming for for Ateneo, mm-hmm. for um, what was that org again? Yeah, Ateneo had a, a music org. Ateneo musical thing. They I, f- I forget what it's called. Oh my god, it slips my mind at the moment. But he just started drumming again, and I was like, okay, let's 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 try it out. And, and he was still it, a beast. He was still good. <laughs> no, for for sure. There's no question because Fi was like one of those prodigy kids. If you He'll probably get mad at me for saying this, but if you look up his early videos on YouTube, he's, he was like the prodigy, prodigy, like 12, 13 years old, like just like going ham on the drum. Oh, really? And he was, yeah, he was, he was that guy, and he was, he was, and he's always a student, you know. He's always trying to get better, always, always trying to get better. And so when we met up, he was still a little bit more into like the heavier stuff. I was very much into the blue stuff, and Miggy was into like everything in between. Some of the heavy. Some of the blues, some of the jazz stuff, but then we had one session together as a band, like as a, as a trio, like kind of uh, the yeah. only thing that uh, Miggy had in the bank. Uh, Miggy was playing bass, and the only thing that he had in the bank was um, "Runaway Man." Yeah. So we're like, okay, let's try this out. This is Miggy goes. This is riff. Okay, we'll do that. We'll do that. The fire comes in, and then, like you know, I remember leaving the session and calling up Lizzie, my girlfriend, I was like, there's, there's something, there's something, there's something in, in the water, like in, in that house. Like there's, cause you know, having been with them in a band before and then um, have like going through my own journey, I was kind of looking for a band again. Mm-hmm. And how funny is it that like, I did have to look so far as uh, it was the exact, almost the exact same band as, as it was before everything stopped anyway. So it's just kind of this full circle thing, but everyone's taste was more, um, it was starting to mature. I wouldn't say we're super mature yeah, or was super mature at the time, but like it was starting to mature. It wasn't mm-hmm. all just like heavy stuff. It wasn't too much of one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, yeah. that's just nice how you guys got, you know, some time off. Like you guys, you know, had your prior band asylum and then yeah. you guys kind of all got to experiment in different types of music, different tastes. And then, you know, like you said, it comes back uh, full circle. And yeah. you guys could get back together and start applying your different influences. And um, so I don't know if I heard you correct, but Runaway Man was the first song that you guys had, like, kind had ever of, right? Done? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. Yeah, that's the first one. Damn. And so, like, you guys started off with just, you know, like, like I mentioned earlier, chill sessions in Klaus' house and stuff. But, like, how did you guys um, form BSN? Because um, for the listeners that don't know, we already mentioned Fai Tabuzala. If you, um, you could check out Shout his, out to Fai. Shout out to Fai. You oh, could check out his drum man. rolls on. The man. The man. He's a man. Like, when you, like, search him, search him right now on Instagram. See, yeah. like, his the, Instagram. It's like, that's a flow man. Drummer fight. Oh, that's flow, a man's at man. The flow drummer fight. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to, 
like get into fitness, man. you know, he does like a lot of different types of uh, training programs too, whether it's um, yep. mostly fun um, revolved around functional training. But yeah. yeah, and then there's Jai, who's my um, teammate, um, teammate, but like he's on the same organization as I am and for the future. So he's right. been yeah. like living li living it up in Shargao. And yes, of course, he you can't leave out Arvin too, yeah. who's um, currently in Canada. So shout out to Arvin as well. Yeah. But, What's up, Arv? How did you like all you five members like come together and you know start what basically Saturday night is now? Well, uh, I mean, there are, there's probably two sides to it. I don't know because from my point of view, my perspective, my point of view, my take on it is, it's uh, Juno and I. Uh, we actually never really lost touch. Eh? Like yeah. we hung out that one time. Um, good friends of ours. Uh, I was still playing baseball at the time, actually. Mm -hmm. I mean, ACC a lot with Louis Park and Andre Balashos. And I remember they invited me like, yo, like, I know you, you sing like, because at the time I was singing like Bruno Mars, AJ Raphael. <laughs> 2010. Yeah, around about 2010. Yeah. So, so I was like, yeah, yeah, we, we used to jam a lot. And then um, he, see, Tui Park and Andre were like, yo, you have to meet this guy. He's a really great guitarist and good friend of ours. So we walked from ACC to... Um, Juno's house and lang. yeah, lapit lang. and I think June's at the time you were still kind of like Kalbopa or Kalbo I might have been, I might have been, I might have been. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, we, we were by the poolside, and Juno had like a guitar, and I was like, oh, let's jam. So we jammed and we just kicked it off, man. And um, yeah. we just stuck together as friends through throughout the, the journey. And like, um, he went to New Zealand and everything, we would call each other like on yeah. Skype. But we would, yeah. OG. And we would just when, catch up and talk and, you know, like uh, we just never lost touch. It was a good connection. It wasn't just like a, a musical connection. It was also a really, really good, genuine friendship. Mm -hmm. like we had like a, a good connection towards each other as well. And like, um, yeah, so we really spent so many like nights just talking about music, learning more about um, like his his um, his favorite like type of sound and my favorite type of sound, and we would like we would drive around the village just listening listening to music for hours, and um, it, it would be such a cool trip, man. And um, yeah, we would go back to his room like maybe like two a.m. and like there's this one time he just. He just played like this. Actually, no, Miggy played that. It was um, <laughs> like, this is, I, I just want to like, just a little fun fact for everyone who thinks just because I'm the guitar player, I write the riffs. Miggy writes a lot of the guitar riffs. Like wow. Miggy wrote the, just for people to know, Miggy wrote the Runaway Man riff. Miggy wrote the driving riff. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, off the top of my head, those, uh, he wrote the driving one and two riff. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And even moving forward, because Mickey is definitely the the, the writer, like, um, and so he he kind of set up this. Um, it was just two guitars, and like, uh, I think at that time maybe we had Balance and Runaway Man okay. already. Uh, um, I, I, I can I I have trouble. Oh, SF was way before BSN though. We have a song. Oh, really? That, that, that was way before Palau. Wrote like in maybe that Miggy had in maybe like twenty 
14. It was actually, wow. it was actually like yeah. a chord progression that Junoi had. For yeah, I had that from like 2013. Like it's a really old song actually, which is kind of crazy. Damn. And um, unfortunately, you fans don't know what um, San Francisco is yet because um, unless they, they know, really some people it. know um, yeah, YOU or some people have, <laughs> <laughs> some people know the trade, the trade secrets. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's one of the older ones. So we had those in the bank. And then we just had two guitars. And like, it was so funny because Mickey laid down this groove. Obviously, there were no drums. It was just... And we were literally playing that same riff. And I was playing like a lead over it for like two hours straight. No lyrics. We were just like, damn, this feels really good. And because it kind of had like, especially when we were writing it initially, it had that like sort of, Whitest boy feel a yes, bit. Like if, you know, like uh it kind of had that whitest boy live vibe, especially when we were setting it up. Um no, but yeah, so like um we How had did, these songs yeah. already, no okay. definite um keyboard player, no definite bassist, right? Mm-hmm. It was Mickey. You might want to tell the story about how like Arvin came in. Like, yeah, I think that's a pretty interesting story. Like, actually, no, like we we were like, I know, like I said, no, June and I never really lost touch. We really hang out almost every night, just trying to come up with music and just jam. Actually, yeah, like, we were obviously looking for something. Dude, all, there like, was together. this point. There was this point where June was like, "Dude, I'm gonna give up the guitar. I'm just gonna DJ." Do you remember that? I was yeah, like, of course. you're crazy. You're crazy. Look at him. He's like a god, man. Like, <laughs> Good thing but, you talked him out of it, man. <laughs> no, man. Thank that was his you. decision. I was just there, man. Honestly. And like, um, he, we went to this this uh, this jazz joint here. Yeah, there, that jazz bar. The Go one ahead. where I, I would... No, that's saying I was just going to say that that's the same jazz bar with Miguel's Tito. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, yeah, so... No, I I love because Mickey, you're the one. Yes, it's all connected. It's all connected. Yeah. <laughs> this is a heavy spoiler line. So yes, connected. heavy spoilers. I <laughs> love heavy spoilers. Spoilers, Shout out dude. to heavy spoilers. Dude. <laughs> so, like, My goodness, Junoy, but Mix, because you're the one who set it up. So I'd I'd love to hear it from you. Yeah, no, because like Juno, I would he'd go there a lot. He'd play with um, Tito of um, Tito June, right? Yeah, and Tito June. Even, even um, Brenner's out. Brenner's dad. And um, Brenner's dad also. We would play together very regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he invited me one time to, to check out the, the, the show, right? I mean, it was it was somewhere here in Alabang too. So I, yeah, we came, close by. I came by. And like there was a, a trio. Was that a trio, Junes? Uh, yes. Four. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry. There were four. Four. I think okay. they were called Foreplay. One of those mm. like jazz band names. Okay. Four- <laughs> Play. It's usually four play or three play. Like you know, yeah. like one of, I think it was four play with with Sir Carlo on piano, yeah. Arvin on bass. Arvin on bass man. And yeah. Then how did you pirate him? <laughs> like we just jacked him. Yeah. <laughs> like when you have a little bit to drink, you get a little bit confident, and I'm just like, I'm just saying right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Made him an offer he can't refuse. Yeah. No, and I already knew the guys. No. So, okay. Marang, he was he was playing the end. So um, I, I kind of wanted to jam a little bit, like just to, to see if, if I could play with the big boys, you know what I mean? And because, um, dude, honestly, those guys read like music and that's like another level, bro. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, uh, I, I was game to do, I think that was Fly Me to the Moon, was it? Could have been, could have been. Yeah, like very soon. Yeah. And damn. 
bang, next thing you know, like after that uh, that performance, uh, they were they wanted more, more, more. So we did more songs, and then after that whole set, um, we spoke to Arabs, and I was like, hey man, like just you know shoot your shot, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, we actually have like a a jam session in Alabang if you want to come by sometime. The Bajuns, we invited him. Actually, you know what? I don't know if I was there, man. I don't know if I was there when you invited him. Because there would be times we'd go together. But I, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, this is like we're talking like maybe uh, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Five, <laughs> five years ago? Five years ago. Four years years ago? Maybe. Yeah. Um, so like it's, it's it, a, lot, a lot of stuff has happened. But there were times we go together and times, I think that that was one of the times, if I'm not mistaken, that Miggy went on your own, maybe? And, I was coordinating Arvin. Yeah, he was, he was hitting on Arvin. <laughs> we can a little and there, here and there. Yeah, lang, you know. And we were, um, we were already doing, it was like this unspoken yeah. thing where, okay, let's meet on Saturday. People come, like friends would come and friends would just drink and hang out. And it wouldn't necessarily be the same people on the instruments. There would be times it was Jai on the piano, there would be times it was Mikhail, Mikhail Alafriz on the piano. Yeah. Um, it, it, there were times that it was Mabs on the piano. I, I, oh, wow. I think. Yeah, yeah there were Mabs. On the, we Mabs. were just like, we're, yeah, shout out to my brother and Mabs. Yeah, he, en- he ended up buying the piano. <laughs> he bought the piano, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Either, I'm not sure if he actually played that time. or I just know that he bought it and he used to come. And like friends would come and really just hang out and like throw out like, hey, can you guys play this like not no one making hammond but like hey what if you guys try this and then if it's cool then yes if it's not then we'll never yeah. do it again yeah. um but it was just this saturday thing and and miggy invited arvin and like i remember him like huddling us like yo i invited this guy and i was like oh shit you did like he's yeah he's, he's really good blah, blah, blah. and so we were all kind of nervous we tried to play it out but he ended up enjoying it very much yeah. i think because um just vice, vice, yeah, definitely that, and like that uh, setup in in Fice, like it's a very yeah. very homey. It's a studio uh, setup, but it's very homey, and Fice vibe, Mickey's vibe. Um, generally, it's just, just very welcoming. I'm sure that Tehran played an effect as well. The Tehran very much so. <laughs> I, would say. I feel like I feel like there's some kind of like MSG, some something that that yeah. made Arvin say, "I gotta come, I gotta go back." <laughs> yeah. Whatever it fire. was. <laughs> there was for some reason we managed to um win over Arvin. Yeah. Because he was he was leagues ahead of us and mm-hmm. he still is. Seriously. You yeah. know, you know, like he's always been playing with with uh bigger jazz bands. He's the type to sight read, um the type to go to a gig, not know the piece, the, the musical director, the MD will put a sheet in front of him. Okay, play this. One, two, three, go count the song in and then game. Never yeah. heard the song before, but you just have to read it and know it by heart by reading it so i was the type he's like that adjust his glasses keep going adjust his glass that type like he's just the most like zoned hardworking musician that's right and, but for some reason we got to swoon him into being part and jai was already sitting in like he actually had this we didn't have a keyboard so i'd bring this mm-hmm. and um this little keyboard that i have in front of me he he would use that at first and then he he wanted to like get more serious with it and so he bought his own keyboard and then that eventually went to maps. He bought a, uh, I forget, I don't know the sequence of his keyboard, but I know as he started to get more invested, he started to invest um, in the gear also. 
Um, so it became us sort of writing songs together. Um, yeah, and that, that's that's really just the, the kind of the origin of it. It was this this thing that happened every Saturday that started to build that was very free flowing at first, mm-hmm. but then started to structure itself without mm-hmm. anybody really planning for it. There were some songs that were already written, like Runaway Man. Eventually, Balance came, which in part was written by Louis hmm. uh, Clavano. Shout out to Louis Clavano. Okay. Yeah. We were there. He was there. He was drinking. And he was like, what if you guys hit that? Like, it was me. It was Louis. He was like, what if you do a Because he's a drummer also. Yeah, and that's yeah. how he worded right. it. Percussions, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. Okay, let's do that. And yeah, so it's like, it was, there would be a lot of times that like certain parts of songs would be um, the result of somebody who was hanging out there that day that kind of like say hey what if we try this what yeah. if this part you go into you know and in, in go into a halftime like i remember the first time we had that driving one when miggy and i as i was saying when miggy and i had that groove we were like okay, we gotta write songs like we, we gotta write lyrics like you write a verse i'll write a verse that meet with the band on saturday and i right, we brought it and then okay this is kind of cool vibe but it, but it, it stays in one position like arvin we need your expertise and Arvin is like, okay, what if we go a bridge where we go into a halftime? He just had that little, little um, just little uh, taste of his personality in that song, which is to go halftime a little bit. But yeah, it was a very, very organic thing, actually. Just, yeah, I think that's what makes uh, it nothing so beautiful. Planned, nothing. Yeah. Yeah, like how is this like a collaborative effort? And even though you guys have like your five members of the band, it was like there's so many other names that we shouted out to that, you know, were a huge yeah, influence absolutely. in the creation of your band. And it's just so nice to see how you guys progress because I like like I'm gonna mention it over and over again. That first night, actually what really got me to like believe like in you guys in particular, um, was uh, when you guys did like a cover of um I think it was um Soul Sacrifice. Goodbye by um santana that was really 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 sick and um gravity Could you remind me where where we played that that was in klaus oh, yeah. klaus place in the uh, in the upstairs like right you know it was like a you guys would set up like a drum thing there and it was right. just like one of those saturday nights right. and like when you guys played, Soul, played sacrifice, Soul sacrifice i was just like what the fuck these guys like it was, it was crazy and uh, i love how um what's the song i'm thinking about I think Runaway Man probably like it really reminds me of Soul Sacrifice, especially in the bridge oh, when like, you cool. guys are just like like jamming out like in your own instruments. It's it's really awesome. And it's so nice to see that you guys have grown because like I mean now you guys have like I'm looking now at your Spotify. I, I don't memorize it. I'm sorry, but like 4.5k oh, mis- listeners a month, and then Elpader has like close to 400k streams. Dude, that's like yeah. nothing to be taken lightly. And it's so nice that. Um, you know how you guys grew organically and you know this I think it's really only upwards from here and you know everybody that knows you knows that you guys create great music but um, what they might not know is that you two are the writers behind most of the lyrics and I think the lyrics are um, I wouldn't say underrated because I think a lot everybody knows it's great too but personally I love um, how you guys write your songs so right after the break we will be dissecting you know some of the, the lyrics that might need a little bit more contact but a uh, context but first Pstui, you yeah you the one there making your morning coffee or getting your daily exercise in don't you think that it's time for that new French press or a new set of workout clothes? Don't you feel like you deserve something fresh, something exciting? Because I sure do. 
So why don't you hop onto Shopee to avail of the non-stop sales that have been going on for as long as one Ponce Enrile has been alive, which is a really long time. Everything from coffee paraphernalia to home workout equipment. We've got it all for you. And the best part is, I was lucky enough to partner up with Shopee to keep you updated with all of the hottest sales. But wait, 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 wait. Before you skip this ad, let me be real with y'all. As you know, I'm a broke full-time vet student and I do this podcast to keep you, my friends and family, informed about the hot topics here in the PH and the industry leaders involved with them. The main reason I started this podcast was to educate and entertain people, and I hope you're learning something new in this episode. So if you enjoy this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you used my Shopee link to keep these episodes coming. All you have to do is to check the description down below or the tap link in my bio to access my personal link. If you're anyone like me, you've probably got tons of items in your cart. So go to Shopee, treat yourself with something new, and support this podcast. Like the beautiful and unwithering Chris Aquino once said, Shapna! As you heard in the first segment, the band naturally gravitated towards one another and ended up having a seamless fit together. They've constantly been putting out bangers left and right, from Chemical Love to El Poder, each having a distinct sound that only they could replicate. Not only do they own their sound, but also their unique songwriting, one that blends relatable emotions such as insecurity, creativity, and even depression. In the second half of the show, I asked the songwriters of BSN to break down their famous lines, create a process for writing, and even get some breaking news for this promising young band. Alright, and we back. So to kick off the second segment of this show, um, we're going to move on to this little segment I like to call Explain That Line. So for any of the music lovers out there, I'm pretty sure that you've seen like, you know, some genius videos of popular artists kind of breaking down some of the lines of their song, if not the whole song. So kind of just wanted to emulate that as well here because, you know, like I mentioned in the first half of the show, I really love your lyrics and, you know, I love how, um, you know, how deep, a lot of the lines are and i'm pretty sure that there are some other significant meanings towards some of these lines that we need a little bit more context with so for the first line that i want to kind of dissect comes from um one of the first songs that i heard and um like you mentioned one of the first songs that you guys also created which is what's that driving song part one so um juno this is your line and mm-hmm. I wanted to just like get a little bit more context on it. So in your part, you said you sang in the larger scheme of things. I seldom react. I wait for what the story brings because my demons are back. So how did you write this? If you wrote it and um, what does it mean? Actually, the whole verse is very reflective. Um, the way that I was writing lyrics at the time was very um, sort of uh, this insular, like um, just kind of reflecting on. Um, the way I understood uh, my life at the time, uh, in the largest self, uh, in the largest scheme of things, I'm the type of person, you know, in in the grand scope of things, uh, I'm trying to do big things, but I'm just this small guy who does my own thing. I'll seldom react, and like, there's this really cool thing. Um, our my friend Chuki actually drew this on a, on a shell that he found. It says, "In the largest uh, in the largest scheme of things." 
Um, and then on the back, it says, I, I, I shell them React. Yeah, that's really, great. Really, really cool. <laughs> and yeah, no, it was, um, it was uh, sort of um, these, like, the idea of, at the time, having these inner demons and um, the, the joy of the youthful energy where you can kind of embrace that idea almost. Because we were so new and so young as the band that we were letting out these positive and negative emotions in a way that wasn't um, destructive. You know, we would acknowledge our inner demons, but I would let it out through a, a solo or I would let it out uh, for me being a quiet, quiet guy who tries not to react to anything because I'm very, or, or especially more at the time, a very, very meek personality, but will embrace the idea of inner demons through something that is constructive, through something that is more musical. So it was that reflective thing at the time. And yeah, so definitely shout out to Chuki for this nice little, like I, I, I have this along with some of Miggy's um, gifts to me, just, just hanging up here in my room. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's kind of what that line is. That's awesome. You know, it's a little bit of a reflective thing because I'm pretty sure, um, you know, especially in today's day and age where everything's so um, instant and like we're, we're so reactive, like we pick up our phone and don't even realize that next thing you know, we've been on Instagram for like 30 minutes. So it's true. like, it's cool. That, so true. Yeah. And it's relatable also on um, so many levels. So um, for the next line, it's on one of your latest singles that you guys released, Lightning Strikes. And um this is Miggy's line because he does the vocals in the song, but the line reads, Oh, you let your thoughts run wild to where the lightning strikes. So, um, very kind of abstract. I don't like, it's up to interpretation for me, but like, maybe like, what was the, um, thought process on creating this line in particular? Well, yeah. Um, at the time when I was, I was really writing that I, I medyo magulo yung isip ko eh. Mm-hmm. So I would really, parang, I, I focus on a lot of escapism uh, when I write. I, I like to think, I think and talk about how I can get out of this space, how I can get out of this space so that I'm able to be in this, parang in this place, you know, and that place is where the lightning strikes. That's where the ideas are. That's where the place mm-hmm. that I want to be in. So parang I let my thoughts, it's quite literal in a sense. I let my thoughts run wild talaga. Um, to where the lightning strikes because all of these thoughts, all of these emotions basically lead me to uh, that place. And that place is where I feel like, you know, my best at my, where I I feel safest also. So um, yeah, it's, it's very simple. It's just that it's quite abstract. Yeah. I I just made sure that it fit also with the song. Mm -hmm. Um, Because with me, I, I really do, uh, believe that the melody and the lyrics they really have to complement each other it's like right it's like it's like a marriage um mm-hmm. if anything um parang yun nga, they they must complement each other so i was writing this as a poem you no know, uh, lightning strikes um save it for tomorrow there'll be clear skies right uh basically it's it's a man feeling really down like oh, just save it for tomorrow you know it'll be better than so that line basically like you let your thoughts run wild wild to where the lightning strikes is basically like you you do whatever it takes to get to that place and basically where the lightning strikes is that place where i i really want to be 
um, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, that's no. so. I didn't even know that. <laughs> and I've played that song many times, like, like too many times. Like, I don't even know that. That's so cool. Hey, and it got nominated. Interesting. It did. We just oh, got really? nominated for that song. Yeah. Nice. As a, under um, out the awards, uh, I think the jazz category again. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, for what award? Like, I mean, what was it nominated awards. for? It's, uh, out the awards, um, best jazz recording, I think. Yeah. Best jazz Damn. recording. I yeah. don't want to sound like a. Uh, a, a guy who doesn't know what he got nominated for. <laughs> I'm like 99% sure it was the Out Awards uh, Best Jazz Recording. Well, uh, when you get nominated for too many things, you know, you kind of get it. No, it's, it's actually not the case, but I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> of course. All right. So um, for the last line that we are going to dissect tonight, it's from your most popular song, El Poder. And the line reads, I know for a fact that you held on, that you held the act of learning how to die. So pretty like pretty deep. Um, maybe we get a little bit more context on this line. Yeah, actually, it sometimes it becomes uh, and you know, uh, and I know for a fact that you have the act mm-hmm. of learning how to die. So parang, um, to me, it, it's a little bit like, um, let's say na lang, I like I like to talk about characters in my songs even at mm-hmm. time. And this character basically, um, parang he has a friend who who he talks to a lot about you know all of this suicidal um, parang ideas he has. So it to to his friend it's kind of like an act, no? So parang then it's hard to understand na why bakit like bakit ba? And parang you're such a to me ah, at least it's like um, why do you want to get rid of yourself or why do you want to leave your life? Because parang it, it's such a good life, no? And basically, uh, it's from the perspective of a friend who's saying like, and I know for a fact that you have the act of learning how to die. So it's like learning how to die basically is like being close to pulling a trigger towards being suicidal. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of deep and dark, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people who go through that, mm-hmm. um, who go through suicide. And it's, never joke and it's 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 a very very serious topic no um i know some people who have gone through this and um made it made it through i i know some i know some people who um unfortunately um you know uh didn't and basically it's it's it, it shouldn't have found its way to el poder or anything but it was at the time where um there were a lot of these things going on and I just wanted to find a way to uh, write about it in some way where it wasn't too obvious. Ba? Mm-hmm. So I tried to hide it in between some lines. So learning how to die is basically like pursuing um, suicide. Uh, shucks. I don't <laughs> know deep, but, no, but I think it's important also to talk about it because it is a reality. You know, people go through these things and I think if anything, it's good actually that you wrote about it because you know it is a topic that should be talked about. And you know, if anybody, Absolutely. this is not um, you know any uh, therapist advice. If you are feeling any of these emotions, you should definitely go consult a professional about it, or at least your family members about it. But yeah. it's good that you, I mean, raise the topic because it's not something to be ashamed about. You know, people go through these things. It's only natural as human beings that you know 
because at the end of the day, we're all gonna die, and it's important to come to terms with that reality. And if ever you you are thinking about you know trying to end your life earlier, it's important to you know talk to people about it and try it as Absolutely. much as possible not to keep it to yourself. And actually, the line that follows that is yes, I'm lost in my thoughts. Yes, of course, right, but only on the inside. So it's like keeping it inside, talaga. Mm-hmm. So that heaviness, mm-hmm. um, it's not really a good, um, parang feeling to have. Siguro, mabigat. It's nice mm-hmm. to be able to open up to friends. It's nice to be able to have um, people who care about you. You know, talk to you about. I mean, be open. Because I, I mean, it's. It's not a bad thing to share these things, right? I mean, some people may be scared to open up or what, no? but that's okay. I mean, if you're ready to, then go ahead. But if not, then just know that you're not alone, that there are people who, you know, are there um, with you through your journey as well. Like, right? So, yun lang, yun lang. Yeah. I just wanted to give that awareness also. That's uh, great, man. Thanks for bringing that up. No, Because Of course, man. A lot. Yeah. And it's nice that you guys have been able to, you know, express your emotions through the writing of the lyrics for your songs. And um, just off the top of your head, is there any song for you guys personally that, you know, holds a lot of sentimental value to you guys? Go ahead, Jun. Is this, sorry, is this like our, of our own? Like No, yeah, personally, like what, like whether you wrote it or not, is there like a, a song that, you know, resonates with you on a sentimental level most? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, there is something that happens on stage. Uh, and, and there's something that, that I feel with the audience when we play balance. Yeah. There is something very soulful about it. And I feel like the way we do play it uh, live, or the way we have played it live, I wouldn't say has changed so much over the years. But for one reason or another, it has gotten better and deeper every time we have played it. Um, the lyrics have literally sunken into the melody a little bit more. Um, I have a a nice little opportunity to express myself also in that song mm-hmm. um, in, in the most honest way. Um, I mean, like as being the only guitar player in the band, obviously I, I you know, I'm fortunate enough that the rest of the guys will let me take a solo quite often. Um, but when I'm soloing on balance, there's, there is something that, that happens where um, that is the closest I feel uh, uh, that I'm able to talk to somebody who's not on stage, mm-hmm. like without, even if my eyes are closed, like, yeah, like even if my eyes are closed, there is there's there's something very very um, intimate about uh, that moment in that song, or that song as a moment. You know, mm-hmm. you know, depending on how you want to view it. So balance for me, something that I I I liked in the beginning, but I continued. It really started to grow on me deeper and deeper. And now it's just this like every time we play it, I'm like, thank God we're playing that song. <laughs> thank God, thank God that's happening tonight. Yeah, balance for me for sure. That's beautiful, man. What about you, Maggie? Dude, I was about to say balance then because um, there's a lot to it. Eh? I mean, when it was written, it was I was actually in Japan when I was writing the lyrics to it. With, I, was, I was with my brothers, I was with my family. And then 
I just remember there was an instance where um, Junoy and I, uh, actually the whole band, we were in Faisal's, no? we were in the lab, and I was going through something at the time. And um, I don't know if you remember this, Junes, but me. Um, I remember it was your solo, and I was closing my eyes throughout that whole song. And um, I remember very clearly that you played that solo so beautifully that I started talking. But yeah, I, no, I remember that. There was remember this that? like uh, this like uh, yes, yes, cathartic uh, spoken word response to what I was playing. Yeah. Um, that yeah, it, and that 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 song kind of does that. Yeah, for us. It felt like Junoy was talking to me. He was like, you're going to be all right, brother. You're going to be okay. We're here. And he was playing his solo. And I was I, I was talking back. Like, after he, like, while he was playing, I was like, yes, yes, brother. Yeah, yes. Thank you. Like, I'm, I, I know, I know. Like that, like that. But I would feel his, I don't know. It's like, he was talking to me. I don't know if he was talking to yeah. me me personally but it was i, I remember that very clearly i, I was that. i really felt that man and i was replying to him like we were talking to, to each other through our instruments and it's just yeah I, i'll never forget that also like that's why every time juno plays a solo with balance it's like bang glass eh? Dude, like yeah. I, I'm like ready, ready for that. Like you know. I think that is my favorite song to to solo over. Like it, of course, like um, there are a lot of like songs that we cover that mm-hmm. like I get the chance to express, but they're not our songs. It's, right. it's kind of like um, it's, like, it just yeah. doesn't feel like it's <laughs> it's it's like it's you know driving a really nice car that you borrowed. It, it doesn't feel yeah. like yeah. you you can show Slaps up to the event. You know, you show up to an event where you have a really nice car, but if you rented that car or something for, for one reason or another, you're going to go home thinking, well, you know, it's actually not mine. Yeah. yeah. Whereas as this one, it's like, this is genuinely like the most authentic, like sort of, like compared to all the other songs, I guess that's why. And I find it really cool that Mix has the same answer. Yeah. Uh, because that means that I'm not alone in that sort of sentiment of that song being very very um uh it's like there's just something cathartic about it it's it's deep but then you kind of let out a lot as you play it and it it's very it can also be kind of light it's not mm-hmm. a heavy song it's yeah it's slow in tempo it it can be sweet it's very melodic sometimes we extend it with this beautiful intro that mickey does um so yeah it's just it's it's one of our i, I would say one of our most soulful songs so far mm-hmm. one of the, like like sort of like this old school R and B kind of thing, um, yeah. Balance, yeah. man. I miss the balance. Like, I yeah. love that song, and um, you know, for me personally, like I already get what you mean. But it's so so full. Like um, you know, when whether you're having a good day or or a bad day, it just connects to your emotions yes. like yes, so absolutely. deeply. And I can only imagine even more so for you guys, the ones that actually wrote the song and those who are playing it. So I mean, thank you so much for sharing that because like. Now it Thank like you. the next time I listen to it, like I'm gonna think of you guys, and it just like you know it will have so much more of a deeper meaning. So thank you for sharing about that, and it's amazing you. how you guys yeah were able to connect 
through just from playing instruments, like not even saying a single, like Junior didn't say a single word to Miggy, but Miggy knew exactly what he was saying. And that's one of the beautiful out of body experiences that you can get with music. And unfortunately, like throughout this pandemic, like you guys haven't been able, well, I mean, you guys mentioned that you guys have been seeing each other lately, but as a band, you guys haven't been able to, you know, um, do your gigs, do as many practices right. as you would like. So I wanted to ask as my last question for the show, um, how has your band been able to stay connected throughout this pandemic? And a follow-up to that after, which you can answer whenever you want. But uh, what's in store for BSN's future? Uh, June, Sydney. Um, we are very fortunate to have a very, very professional and almost uh, older brother, father-like figure, Rem, as our manager. Um, shout out to who Rem. Has, yeah, shout out to Rem. He has been very, very meticulous um, about because actually Red described us, and I could not agree more. He described us as, as a band that is fueled by momentum. So if there's no momentum, if we're not actually seeing each other, which was the duration of most of the for the duration of most of quarantine, we weren't seeing each other. So it almost felt like the band was dead, like literally, like it, it almost didn't exist for a bit. We were just back to being friends who. Yeah happened to have done all these things before mm -hmm. um but in in his uh with his sentiment of us being a band that is fueled by momentum he uh insisted and or, or suggested that we have um at least you know these weekly uh meetings that that will allow us to like realign um kind of like just uh to make sure that our goals are are in check so, and and really like more than anything Rem will take the time to make sure that everyone's doing all right. Like, um, because of course this is professional, strictly speaking, but it is also very personal. Um, and Rem has been uh, very, very thoughtful uh, with regards to that. He's been making sure that we're we're uh, uh, very much uh, aligned. Yeah. And especially because uh, just to tie into the second question, we are currently working with the lovely Nicole Essential. Um, yeah. We have uh, two songs in the works. Uh, it's, it's, it's a Warner collaboration, which was assigned by Sir Kelly. So shout out to Sir oh, Kelly from cool. Warner Music and then from Quan and from um, Dick Pelaisance and from, you know, from, from, he, from you know, the legend. <laughs> uh, he, so Ram has been very, very uh, particular to make sure that everything is in check. Yeah. Um, so that is BSN's next move. But uh, prior to that, it was, it was definitely challenging because um, we don't do well online. There are a lot of mm -hmm. bands who, like, early on, would um, they would do these, like, uh, like online events where it's literally the, the process there inevitably is the drummer goes first, mm -hmm. and then he'll record his track, send it to everyone else, then whoever wants to be the bass player, the guitar player. You know, one at a time, and then somebody, you know, a kind-hearted soul, will edit everything together, mix it a little bit, make sure all the videos in sync. And and Rocker, you mentioned like the, obviously the, the tedious hours put into editing a podcast, mm -hmm. and so it's the same thing, you know. But like trying to put together and like to have to do that for every, you know, every single song, it, it was just like one. It's very very tedious. Not like we didn't want to do it, but of course it was tedious, and there was no actual connection, like. I can't like it's hard if I'm not looking at Mickey. If it, it's hard if I'm not like 
spacing out, reading the brand, the Faisal's drum symbol. Like hmm. those little tiny details like of the live element like really, really helped me. So in the beginning, it was challenging. Um, latter half of last year, uh, we were very fortunate. We started to get back into the studio when there was a point around this time last year where stuff started to loosen up a little bit in terms of the local restrictions. Right. So we got to do uh, we got to do a Rappler live, which was really really great. If that for me, in my opinion, is one of my favorite, um, if not my favorite, like BSN content in terms of like Nicolette, shout out to Nicolette. She was very, very, uh, very, very particular about like, you know, just the way the camera moved around yeah. the band or, or the way the band moved around the camera. And she was she's mm-hmm. just very, she has an eye for those things. And that was one of the few moments where um, as a band, we were able to reconnect for a gig. And it wasn't this, like basically what's happening now is like we're on three separate screens which is what you'd see from all these other bands, including ourselves, because we tried it. And it, it, it just didn't, you know, it, it, it didn't have that same impact. So when we got to do that Raptor Live thing, it was great. And then when the restrictions got tight, it got tough. And then Rem just kind of, only in the last couple of months, I would say, has been just nudging us in the right direction. Yeah. And we've been fortunate enough to um, check out Wildgrass Studios in QC, which is, the most amazing studio I've ever been to. Uh, I posted some photos for, uh, for for anyone who might have seen it. Uh, we call it the mothership because it feels like a spaceship. Wow. And it just, there's something there, man. Um, you, you, It's kind of like what you see in the movies. When, when, you know, when you're inspired by uh, like an artist that you see their biopic uh, mm. where they go into the studio and then suddenly that's where all the magic happens. There is that feeling in that studio. Yeah. So that's where we recorded with Nicole. Um, Fantastic. And hopefully as soon as possible. Oh, sorry. Just to add, prior to this, with, around that time that we were doing the Rappler and stuff, we were also able to have Nicole come to Faisal's lab right. oh, awesome. in order for us to collaborate. So that's uh, because BSN's process is, nope, can't do it. Sorry, we have to get another room. It yeah. can't just be... Like, okay, you'll bounce ideas. I'll text you. I'll, I'll send you a peg. It doesn't work. Like, it, you need that human And maybe connection. it should. Maybe it should. You know, maybe that's, it's not smart that it doesn't work. But like, can you also force it? Probably so, not, right? Like, it, 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 BSN started organically. So the, so the process of everything has to be equally organic. And I, I, I can almost speak on behalf of everyone. Except maybe Rem. Maybe you'd have a different idea. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Rem, let me know. Text me. Uh, but yeah, like, you know, like it's, and, and luckily she, she attended a couple of our sessions. We were supposed to do one song, but right that we got in. We vibe, man. Yeah, we vibe hard. 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 My goodness. I just, I threw out this progression and turned into a song, jammed it until it was complete. And then she was like, okay, what if we try like also like the slow vibe? I was like, okay. I'm gonna try this. Let me know what you think. And that's really the way it happens. Somebody will will start something. Like in this case, it was me who started. I threw in a three chord thing, mm-hmm. which eventually everyone will be able to hear. Three chord thing. Um, Kurt, who's our who's, shout out to Kurt. He's our bassist now. He's he's been taking care of us on, on the uh, low end. He um comes in. Five comes in. Just the tightest shit 
ever, man. Yeah. And oh, that so became I, the second song. That yeah, became the second song. Act. And it was just like that for me, like that is the wow. Yeah, it's it, it's all very organic. And that stuff can't happen in a Zoom meeting. Mm-hmm. That stuff can't happen in 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 a setting where some five will go first and I'll go next. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah. And so it's a great experience. The only aside from the meetings, which Rem was um uh uh very, very insistent on setting up, which we're so lucky, but aside from that, the only way that we have reconnected really is in those times that the restrictions were kind of lower and we were able to actually get together as as, as brothers, as friends. Uh, and thankfully those those limited um, instances were more than enough to create several new songs. Like because there's this like oh fuck I gotta get this out. Yeah. There's this like oh, I gotta do this. I only have a day. Like I only have one day to do it. I might as well you know show them everything. Yeah, that's that's my take, Mickey. What say you, buddy? What say you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we like like what Juno has said. Now we we've been yeah uh, doing the the most as we can actually with what's given, like what's presented. Uh, which is, you know, we're in a lockdown we're still. I mean, I still count this because, I mean, not not sure. everybody is vaccinated yet. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like, you know, some people have older, like, you know, folks living with them. So um, it's never really 100%. Um, but yeah, uh, honestly, that's how BSN is. Talaga. I mean, like Rem, that's right. Call Juno and not me in the land. <laughs> like if, if you think that no if you think that but um it should just we should just come out like that like that like, it doesn't just happen like that like, we really have to no rem knows rem knows us so well that he even if he tries like he knows also what the band is good at and what we're not good at right exactly. you know what i mean and like connection is really important like straight up like like uh i was never really I've never really collaborated with someone on the vocals. Um, but Nicole was like super good vibes. And she's like a, she's been in the industry for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's like, a bro. I, I learned savage. So actually. Yeah, <laughs> savage is a good so way to put much. it. Because her and her mom are both like savage on the yeah. vocals. Yeah. Shout out to Nicole who just got nominated for eight Awit Awards. Wow. Holy Christ. Holy. Well deserved though. Yeah, dude, she works. Like, hard, she's a, she works so hard. Seriously, I learned a lot about from, like about work ethic from her. Yeah, like she probably has like hundreds of songs that haven't been recorded or released yet. Yeah, but, but yeah, man. I mean, with with that collaboration, I'm really excited for how uh, everybody is gonna take that. Because honestly, it's it's the these songs are really good. I, I I think they're really good, and it's been a while since. Actually, it's it's never happened. Yeah, we've never really collaborated with anyone in that caliber, especially. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah. Um, looking forward to all of these uh, upcoming things. Like, uh, we were able to write some songs actually during the quarantine. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we're still working on it. We're still working on a lot of it. Um, hopefully, we release some soon. No, that will really depend on. Chamber, we're, we're trying to follow this this timeline that we have. And we don't want to w- have you guys wait too long also. Yeah. Um, the Boogie Crew, we want you to, you, you know, be excited for this. And I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy this because there's a lot that's put into this. It's not just like the time or whatever. It's it's really 
um, like the whole package, the, the the roller coaster ride that BSN's gone through, the ups and downs, and the the highs and the lows, and you know, you guys being there with us throughout this whole journey was um, written down and you know put into music. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this. I'm sure June's is as well, and um, yeah, the whole band. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, as a fan, I'm so hyped, man. It's been so long since I last heard you guys play, uh, last heard new music. Because, I mean, your the, your latest release was Lightning Strikes and Driving 2, which came out, like, pretty much about a year ago now. So, right. like, haven't heard new music in a while. So, what everyone's dying to know, is it going to be an album or are we hearing, are we talking singles, another EP? Or are you are your mouth shut on that? <laughs> Are we legally allowed to talk? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think it's safe to talk. About I it. think we could talk about it, right? Uh, well, what is it, bad Junes? Are we releasing a couple of things first before the? Um, I mean, I, I obviously I don't want to say anything that might that I might get kicked in the butt for. But for Nicole, we have two singles coming up that I'm super duper excited about. I like I'm not one to toot the band horn, but I will toot it hard. Like these are yeah. I really, really like these songs. Yeah. Um they're they're just like Nicole Nicole came in and she just she's just added this shine, which yeah. is really, really cool. Um with her experience. Um she has that shine, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um but moving forward, I think we were planning to put out an album. Pre-COVID, that mm-hmm. was the main focus. Yeah. Um, just to be transparent with a lot of people, that was the main focus. Like it was, it was a weekly thing. Like if, on my end, on Mickey's end, um, on Fai's end, if we were not gigging, we were with um our friend Mikel, Mikel yeah. Miller, and we were just recording. Mikel is the the producer who helped us with Moon Dogs, Lightning Strikes, Driving Two. Um, he, he, we were, I was, I was in his, in his studio a couple of times a week, just trying to iron stuff out. But, um, yeah, there yeah. are like that, that we had this idea of an album, which was supposed to be, um, the, the main agenda pre COVID. Yeah. And certain things changed. I would say like, um, I think when when you're separated that long, number one, if you can't go to the studio, then obviously that is halted. Um, the ability, your, your ability to record or anything like that. But then you start to reflect also. It's like, well, okay, th- should this song really be on the album? Should we have another one? Should we? Yeah. So is it um, ready? Like- is it ready? Yeah. Is it ready? Or, you know, should like a lot of it is, is sort of the, the uh, production aspect of it also. Which, which definitely took its time. There, there are some songs that are ready. We really don't want to um, have that, man. Like, yeah, if we're gonna release something, it's because you know we we know that this is you know this is good and you know this is what should be put out. Yeah, but the short and, answer is a full length. Yeah, nice. Be an album. All right, so BSN will BSN will will deliver an album. Nice, yeah. that's wonderful. We 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 owe it ourselves. Mm-hmm. We owe it to everyone who has waited so long. Yes. Um, including me. I, I, yeah, there. And, and I need it. We need it. Everyone else need like people I, who have waited, they need it, but, but like we need it. We owe it to ourselves to, you know, it, it's something that you have to do and, and that we want to do so that we can move on. 
It's, it's, it's because otherwise it's this roadblock that will keep you from the growth. Yeah. And of course, the the roadblock within that roadblock is the pandemic. So mm-hmm. that has slowed everything down. So, mm-hmm. but it, it'll be an album. Nice, nice. Beautifully said, Jules. Beautifully yeah, said. You. And you heard it here first. BSN's coming out with an album. Don't worry. I don't think you guys are going to be any under 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 any like, you know, claims because like they've probably got four listeners, which is going to be the three of us and Mikey. Um, but <laughs> with that being said, uh, thank you so much for sharing with me and my listeners, you know, right. some uh, updates with BSN and for the entire podcast. So I just want to wrap this podcast up by saying thank you so much for being on the show i really appreciate the time that you made for this recording and honestly just had so much fun talking with you guys Same. and catching up again because it's been a damn while and yeah. i love to learn more about your um your creative process how your origin stories and you know the the meaning behind the sentimental meaning behind some of the lyrics that you guys have written but before we end the show I think now would be a perfect time for you to plug in where people can find you or the work that you guys do. All right. Well, you can find us on Spotify. Um, just type in basically Saturday night. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube as well at basically Saturday night. We have some live stuff. If you guys haven't seen us live, we have a couple of um, live uh, concert shots over there uh, directed by William, DLC Productions. Shout out to DLC. Um, we also have a music video and a Can couple of music there. video. Yes. And uh, we have Direct a couple jobs. Shout out to him. Direct jobs. Some serious work that went into that. My goodness, the animations oh, and the editing nuts. that went into that. It's, it's nuts. nuts. That's what he did. We and, also and, have, yeah. in such a short amount of time, but sorry. Yeah. And we also have a Facebook and um, we're on Instagram as well at basically Saturday night. So yeah, uh, if you guys want to keep updated, follow us on our socials, and you guys won't be disappointed. Sure, but and, uh, sure, sure, nation. Also, Pero, what about the- no personals and your personal projects? Now's the perfect time to plug those in as well. Yeah, you can follow me at uh, Miggy.g uh, on um, Instagram. Yeah, That's and Jago. Watch out for Jago. Download, yes. yes, download the Jago app. Download the Jago app, guys. If you it's haven't coming. by now. Can we can we get one ang maasahan before we go? <laughs> maasahan. Yeah. Oh. That's oh, acting 101. There we go. Acting 101. All right, Junes. Yes. Um, please uh, follow basically Saturday night. We have been a little lacking in the content lately, but that's because we yeah. want to make sure that, you know, uh, we're just as ready to give as you are ready to receive. Um, and uh, I'm on Instagram at Manalo Junoy. Uh, I have an EP out that came out in July. It's Tarantism. It's, uh, it's uh, five tracks on Spotify, seven tracks if you check it out on SoundCloud. Um, it, it was, yeah, uh, Tarantism and I will have a new EP for you guys very, very soon. Tarantism volume two. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah. Exciting times. And he also teaches guitar. So if you know, if you want, yes, if you want lessons, that too, that that too. If you want to learn a thing or two about the instrument that you might not know already, um, yeah. Message me on Instagram. Send me a text, send me a message. 
um let me know what you want to learn I, I will do my best yeah, nice, awesome. all right so yeah, Roque, before anything uh, before up? we end it i just wanted to say i really appreciate what you're doing also on this podcast oh absolutely like, yeah you're doing a fantastic job man like, we were just talking so off air migs about like rock and i were talking before you came on about just like rock you mentioned that you're doing 10 hours of 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 prep and editing per episode Crap. mad love man mad props thank that's, you so much that's man. amazing man that, that's sure. a craft yeah and, yeah, and thank you really work and improve and i'm honored to have you guys on because this it's is an episode i've been wanting to do for quite some time so i hope you all listeners enjoyed today's episode and i think that about does it so thank you all listeners for tuning in to another episode of the raucous modern life podcast if you enjoyed it don't forget to share with hashtag rml podcast hit that follow on spotify facebook instagram and on youtube so that you never miss an episode and as always i'll see you all in the next one deuces Right.